0: Power Project Crew, welcome to today's show. This episode was recorded on April 2nd, and it is with one of our absolute favorite guests of all time, the one and only Tony Huge. Tony has quite the unique approach or the unique views on, well, pretty much everything, but especially the coronavirus. Uh, During a time when a lot of people were not traveling, were not going outside, he decided uh, in his words, he said, I'm not going to run away from the virus. Instead, I'm going to run right towards it. So he picked up and moved to Thailand and left pretty much everything uh, here in Sacramento. And this is somebody with a history of respiratory issues, but he's absolutely not worried about any of it and unfortunately one of his girlfriends or one of his uh, as he says uh, baby mamas back here in Sacramento actually contracted the virus and we actually listened to a voicemail call on the podcast from her explaining her um, her symptoms how she's feeling and uh, you know we hope nothing but the best for her He's confident he's not worried about her either he's given her his personal protocol on how to beat it uh, so hopefully uh, that comes to fruition. But yeah, Tony is just a different dude all around. Uh, This episode is definitely not family-friendly. It's definitely not safe for work because Tony is, uh, like I said, he's very unique. So we got into what the women are like in Thailand. Uh, He just... You know he's, He calls them prostitutes, and he says, hey, I wish there was a better term for it, but that's kind of what they are, and I'm having a lot of fun over here. Uh, so we've talked about that, STDs, steroids, uh, just a, a whole slew of things that you're not supposed to talk about, but we do when we talk to Tony. Even with all that said, please do not overlook some of the things that Tony does share with us. The guy is extremely smart. He is caring. And if you pay attention to what he's saying, it's not far off from what a lot of other people are saying about the virus today. Uh, long story short, just please have an open mind for this episode with our homie Tony Huge. And really fast, if you guys haven't, please head over to markbellslingshot.com ASAP. Uh, right now, we are giving away 20% off any slingshot and hip circle combo. Again, that's any slingshot added to your car any hip circle of your choice, add it to your cart, and you're going to receive twenty percent off at checkout. Also, while you're there, please check out the new kids hip circle and the new gangster rap colorways. We've got a red one, white one, a red and gray one. That is straight fire. All of that. Again, that's at markbellslingshot.com. Also, please take advantage of the free thirty day trial of markbell.com. Markbell.com, of course, is where Mark p- posts his daily workouts every single day. So if you don't have a training partner or you don't really know what the hell you're doing, like I was, you, you can head over to markbell.com. Uh, register. And uh, every day you log in, you're going to have a new workout all laid out for you by Mark Bell himself. Again, that's at markbell.com. You just have to register uh, and you ha- and you gain access to the entire website for free for 30 days. Thank you for checking out today's episode. If you guys have as much fun as we do, please find uh, Tony Hughes Instagram uh, link down in the YouTube description or iTunes show notes, hit him up and uh, let him know what you think. And ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the show.
1: Yo, so when I'm like fasting and I don't have any carbs, I think we've talked about this hell of times on the podcast before, um, those electrolytes, those electrolytes come in clutch. So Perfect Keto, they have the electrolyte tablets. I usually like taking maybe four to six of them, maybe 30 minutes before I work out because I find that like I don't get cramps as much. I don't feel as tired. I have much better energy throughout and it just makes such a big difference.
2: Man, I have gotten cramps for a really long-ass time. Since I was a kid, I'd get cramps in my legs. And then we were on a hike the other day, and I got <laughs> an ab cramp, and I nearly died. And the Natty Professor uh, came over and saved me. But after, like, uh, after this long hike that we went on, which was a, a few miles, I think four or five miles, when we were done, we were like, man, we're not doing this shit next time without some electrolytes. So having those perfect keto electrolytes would have really, uh, really come in handy. I I wish we had, (laughs) wish we had them on that particular trip, but I don't end up with cramps as much anymore because I do try to utilize these. I try to remember to take them every single day. And we've had people in the gym just flat out, just be toast during a workout. And a lot of times they're doing a similar diet to what we're doing. They're lower carb or they're doing like a carnivore style diet and the water that you consume just doesn't stick to you unless you got some good electrolytes in you. So the perfect keto electrolytes work out really well.
0: Yeah. And what I've noticed is that it completely eradicates all headaches that I would normally get on a long fast, uh, mixing in for whatever reason, like the uh, the electrolytes, I think exactly like you said, it helps the water stick. Um, I I find that I don't pee as much either, and I'm just I'm just feeling better all around. Um, so I. I'm pretty sure they're they're helping me out a ton with the with the uh, the long fast. Um, if you guys want to stay hydri- hydrated on a low-carb slash no-carb diet, you really got to head over to perfectketo.com slash power25 at checkout. Enter promo code powerproject for 25% off your order of $99 or more. And on top of that, you're going to end up with free shipping.
2: We have a doctor uh, on the show today. <laughs>
0: okay so uh, from my from my understanding can't a a a lawyer have the the doctor the dr dot in front of their name like because he practiced something. Like, so some-
2: you know here, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of good questions to ask when you start to talk <laughs> about tony huge right mm-hmm. and I think uh you know where we have to start with is uh you know, what kind of doctor is he exactly? What is he a doctor of? I mean, because we could say our boy in SEMA here is the doctor of being jacked and tan, right? He's a professor. A professor. He's a professor, right? And so, yeah. therefore, he probably has a, you probably have a PhD in something. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I would assume it's in being jacked. Exactly. And uh, so, therefore, doctor, the doctor, natty professor, right?
1: <laughs> That's what they call me. That's what they call me. I mean, I'm, I'm, since I'm a professor, there's already a doctor in front of the name. I'm just, I don't choose to, you know, tell everybody that I'm a doctor.
2: How about the uh, big, <laughs> big daddy, Natty? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
2: daddy, Natty. Big, yeah. Big
1: daddy, Natty. I think Big J was calling me big daddy for some reason. I don't know why you did that, but he just chose to call me big daddy and I went along with it.
2: He was turned on. Clearly.
1: I could tell. <laughs>
0: Yeah, before yep. before SARMs, uh, somebody on Super Training had uh, hashtagged a hashtagged a picture of me as a natty daddy, so <laughs> I thought that I thought that was great. That is great. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, some people might think this is silly that we're talking to Tony Huge, and and we 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 find the comic relief in it as well, um, but we have found dr tony Hughes to be super intelligent especially when it comes to talking about how the human body works and talking about um drugs you know and so i want to see does he know like if you listen to peter Itia, you listen to ben greenfield a lot of these guys are speculating that uh, peptides could potentially help And, and these are these are people that are uh really um you know, world renowned, and people really have a lot of respect for these people, and so no one's going to know this information better than Dr. Tony Huge. I don't think.
0: Yeah, he always calls it uh, the the chemistry. You know, he he says he likes <laughs> utilizing chemistry over you know I don't know, whatever, whatever you know hard work. We'll say <laughs> I don't know. He he says he, he'd rather get there a little quicker with chemistry than you know doing X, Y, and Z, and he gets a lot of flack for that, but he's just like. I mean, if if it's there, I know how to do it. I know how to be safe with it. Why am I going to not do it just because your morals don't line up with mine? And I always thought that was great. It reminds me a lot of, uh, you remember when...
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you remember when Cal Dietz, we were talking in the break room. I'm not going to say exactly what he did, but he was talking about experimenting with some stuff on his body, and it was really fucking wild. That's how Tony is. And I think like... You know it, whether he's a doctor or not, Tony is taking a lot of these things that people are curious about, being the human guinea pig, and he has a crew that are also willing to be human guinea pigs right to test it out to see if it's something that would actually be really beneficial for people and that just kind of means that he is on the cutting edge of some things that most people really wouldn't understand.
2: The dude moved to Thailand man like what's what's the deal with that? and he said that everyone told him not to move there and they they told him that he was going to get sick from being there, and then he just uh, was telling me the other day that like there's a lot less cases there than there is here in the U.S. So, kind of weird set of circumstances, I guess.
0: Yeah, and if if you look at his uh, his like his Instagram is insane. It's it's so much fun to watch. Like his IG stories, like some of the shit that he does. But like if you look at everywhere he's gone, it's been so chill. Like there's nobody. Like there's no um, no nobody's hoarding toilet paper nobody's freaking out that bad um he he didn't recently say that the gyms did shut down though they, they were up like for a long time but they did finally close those down um and and they started doing like small things like at restaurants and stuff they would put like chairs six feet apart from each other but they they were still open and yeah, he, he said it was so so much more relaxed over there um, as opposed to what he's been seeing here. And and yeah, same thing. It was just like, man, why are you going over there? And he's like, ah, just don't touch your face and wash your hands. You'll be fine.
2: <laughs> something I've been thinking about and something I heard about on the news today was that uh, you know when things do go back, uh, that they won't go back to normal. They'll go back. Well, they won't. They'll go into social distancing. So even if they do open up restaurants and stuff, they're talking about how they'll still have people six feet apart and they'll still be super cautious, which which makes a lot of sense because I think what's going to happen is right as we get to the tipping point, right as we get to the height of the the like maxing out on the number of people that get it. I think that that is or that test positive for it. I think that's kind of right at the point when they were probably start to lift some of these restrictions that we have. Um, It sounds weird. It sounds opposite, but I think that's what's going to happen. And I think once they do that, they want to make sure it doesn't continue to spread to people that um, are unhealthy, that don't have it already. Things like that, you know?
0: There (laughs) There he he is. is. (laughs) Oh, no, we we can't hear you.
2: I'm sure we'll be able to hear him in a second. Mm Mm-hmm. Mr. Huge, you got some. Oh, he's got some headphones mm-hmm. in. Maybe, uh, maybe it will take him a second.
0: Yeah, yeah. There he right. is.
2: There we go.
3: Connect. You want me to use the headphone, and I connected it to my phone, and I connected the video to the
2: computer. So.
0: Oh, uh, got it. Ah, it's all right.
2: He sounds pretty good, right?
0: Yeah, you're you're, you're good. It just helps, okay, but we'll you're through. fine. Sounds good.
2: All right, that Doctor Tony Huge. <laughs> yeah, look look at those look at those delts. Those delts are not impacted by this virus at all.
3: Here we go, maintaining. Yeah,
2: with exercise bands. <laughs> so you know, we're hearing a lot of like speculation that, um, and, and we don't we don't want to uh, say that uh, anything that we're going to share on this show is going to help uh, cure the coronavirus. This is all speculative. This is all just. Uh, us sharing some information on things that we might think uh, can potentially help. But I'm hearing some people say they think vitamin D might help. They think vitamin C might help. They think zinc might help. Some people are even speculating. They think that um, some peptides might help against the coronavirus. What are some of the things that maybe you're supplementing with that are helping or, or in your opinion, could potentially help uh, fight off further risk of catching the coronavirus?
3: So when I first came to Thailand, I intended to, well, I wasn't going to go out of my way to catch Corona, but I was kind of coming at it head on. This was one of the more dangerous countries to come to in the very beginning. Everybody thought I was crazy for coming here and being closer to the Corona, but I came prepared with my antiviral stack, which is the same thing that I use to treat a flu or a a cold in the US. Um, And I know it works because whereas most people take about a week to get over a, a flu, I can get over it in about one day. Uh, and it's, it's nothing miraculous. It basically, if you go online and you look up antiviral herbs, antiviral supplements, immune boosters, it's pretty much all of that taken at the same time. So when I get the flu, at the very, very first sign of a flu, I take all this stuff. And then if you don't take it at the first sign, the problem is by the time you even notice you have has symptoms of a flu, You know, you're past the incubation period. It's already had time to grow before your immune system has recognized it. Um, So you really have very little time and you have to catch it very early. And I believe it's the same thing with Corona. I think if you catch it very early and your immune system is strong, then it can't really get a hold on your immune system. It's easy to defeat it. I think most people don't even know that they got it. I think it hit Thailand really hard in the beginning I mean, as far as the amount of people that probably had it, but they weren't even testing for it. And most people probably didn't even know they had it because it's a, mm-hmm. a healthy population versus America is a very unhealthy population. You know, um, uh, the older the the, gym, the people that are getting hit with in Italy is an unhealthy population, uh, and then versus Korea is a healthy population, and they barely got hit by it. You know, so I think it, I think the general immune system uh, from the outset is is one of the biggest factors. Uh, there's something unique about Corona in that it causes inflammation in the lungs, um, which all the SARS types of of viruses do. So the treatment for Corona is the same as the flu virus, plus the same as things you need to take to review, uh, prevent or mitigate inflammation in the lungs. So you mentioned vitamin D. Yes, this is an overall immune system booster. This is something that's a, uh, and most people in, in America are probably deficient in most people in America are probably deficient in um, you get it from sunlight or you can get it from taking a precursor like vitamin D3 that gets converted uh, into the usable calcitriol form of, of vitamin D, which is the hormone that our body actually makes and uses. Um, but the problem for a lot of people is that they genetically aren't able to convert very much of the supplemental D3 precursor into the actual calcitriol. And so part of my frustration, this will probably come up more in the interview, my frustration with the medical system and how they're approaching things like uh, corona and any other diseases that are facing humanity right now is that they completely ignore prevention. They completely ignore the basic biology and chemistry. And instead, they're always looking for something like a vaccine or a drug to to treat it because that's what can be made money off of. People aren't going to make money off of vitamin D3. And if calcitriol was over-the-counter... I'm not recommending it be over-the-counter because vitamin D, as it is in the body, is actually um, very dangerous. If you overdose on it, you can die. Um, But it should be more widely available because with the massive widespread deficiency in vitamin D being, I believe, one of the main contributing factors to the amount of illness that we're seeing, uh, if you could easily solve that with something like a calcitriol, uh, being more widely available. Just going over what you mentioned, and you mentioned zinc. Yeah, zinc lozenges. Um, you know, People take zinc orally. That's fine. That's great. But zinc does affect the cells that it comes into contact with more. And since we're talking about a virus that replicates primarily in the throat before it moves on to the lungs, why not attack it direct? Why not prevent it from spreading uh, through more cells in the throat earlier on by taking something like a zinc lozenge?
2: So just taking uh, vitamin D3, uh, just regular supplementation may not be that effective. You're recommending you try to find it in a different form. And is that form over the counter as well or no? Calcitriol, I believe you're
3: saying? I, I believe everybody, nearly everybody should be taking a vitamin D3 supplement somewhere between 2,000 and 10,000 IU per day. Um, D, D, vitamin D is something that uh, has a really long half-life in the body, takes time to build up. Um, so you, you, you want to take it frequently over a long period of time. This is something that you'd want to be taking months before you're actually faced with getting the virus. This is something someone should, people should have been taking a long time ago. And vitamin D3 is really cheap. Um, but the actual hormone that D3 converts into is calcitriol. And that is a prescription. And that is uh, harder to get, and it shouldn't be that hard to get. That's the problem I have with it. But, um, my genetics, because they had my genetics tested, uh, doesn't convert and i've actually tested my my vitamin d levels i've mega dosed vitamin d3 oral and i go in and get my b- vitamin d levels tested and they're still not where i would want them for the purpose of like killing cancer for example or giving my body the best advantage to be able to to deal with cancer uh, uh, so my body needs sunlight in addition to the vitamin d3 or it needs calcitriol
0: mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is the biggest um, maybe maybe misunderstanding or maybe even misinformation that like uh, U.S. media is uh, spreading? Whereas other countries, there maybe not be like have the same uh, narrative.
3: Uh, the U.S. media controls a lot of the world's media, so the the rest of the world's going to echo a lot of what America says. Um, I. I I do still think that the coronavirus is still more similar to the flu or, or, pneumonia or any of these other diseases that have been a long around, long time around. Um, and I think that it's the same narrative with every disease, which is like, uh, you know, do all this crazy stuff and beating around the bush and, and then also work on the drug, but forgetting everything in between, which is the, the preventative and taking care of the body as a whole and taking care of the immune system. I mean, now I think the biggest problem now is like people are on quarantine. They're in their houses. Um, not that they're forced to stay in their house, but you know, people are going to be in their houses. They're not going to be going out in the sunlight and getting vitamin D from the sun. And they're not going to be exercising as much. And I think you're going to have a bigger problem from everybody's immune system being compromised from this situation, becoming less active and being outside less. Uh, and and it's going to do more harm than good and that's that's one of the theories in in italy too is like now you've quarantined people now old people whose only form of exercise was walking around and getting sunlight now they're missing two of the main uh factors in having a a strong immune system and now they're all going to die
1: you know Um, i'm i'm curious about this real quick uh because I want to, I want to understand first off your your premise. You know, a lot of people believe that this kind of started from a, the Wuhan wet markets and a bat. Um, I, I would assume that you have a different point of view in how you think it started. Or do you agree with that sentiment? And is that is that what you think it is? That where you think it may have originated? So vi- these
3: viruses have all been around for a long time, but they mutate and they, they change and. Um, there is some conspiracy theories that it was a human engineered virus, which is possible because viruses can be engineered by humans. In fact, um, I, someone sent me a a link. I haven't looked into this, but this is something that people could look into if they want to look at conspiracy theories is that this, this virus is actually patented and the, and a vaccine for it had already been patented prior to this becoming a virus. So something worth looking into. Look up coronavirus patents. Look up coronavirus vaccine patents and see if you if you think that's real or not. Uh, I don't know whether it came for a bat or not. Um, clearly, it hit China first. Um, but there, but but I've also seen a lot of things that it had nothing to do with a bat, and that it actually happened uh, about a month earlier. There was people already dying from it a month before we ever heard anything about the bat and it coming from where we thought it was coming from in Wuhan. And that sounds like it makes more sense, especially with the censorship in China. They're pretty good at covering things up. It, I think it would be more likely that it happened a lot earlier and that they will never admit it.
2: Your, um, your girlfriend, your baby mama, she's got uh, the coronavirus. She sent me a text last night that she tested positive. Is that right?
3: Yeah, and I had her send me just a quick 20-second uh, voice memo explaining the symptoms. You want to hear 20 seconds of the uh, symptoms? Sure. Interesting. All right, let's see. Here's what she says. Last night, shivering lasted three hours. Headaches was severe. And sweating a lot. My symptom is like flu symptoms, and it only comes at nighttime. So that's it. I'll, I'll find out. Today, I still have a headache, though. Well, I initially thought that the symptoms, I thought it would be more in the lungs earlier, but apparently the lung inflammation comes later. Uh, I've been doing a self-test every day where I hold my breath. I breathe in as as much air as I can. I hold my breath for 10 seconds, see if it causes me any discomfort. If so, then maybe I have some lung inflammation. I have already compromised lungs from a lot of lung problems when I was a child. Um, that's why it was, that's the one thing that made me nervous about this, this type of virus. Uh, but apparently she's not having any lung symptoms at all. Um, she's, she's living with, uh, I'm, I'm in Thailand right now and she's in, uh, Sacramento, California and she's staying with two friends and they all three have it. Um, the person who initially had it, uh, tested positive for it. So that's how. All three of them know they have it. And he's experiencing mostly lung problems and throat problems. So he's not having her symptoms. He's not having headaches or anything like that, but he's having just a lot of dry coughing. This shows that some of the symptoms can be different for different people.
2: Is she going to go to the hospital or does she need to? Or what do you think?
3: No, I don't think she should go to the hospital. And I don't think she needs to go to the hospital. I don't think anybody should go to the hospital until they have until it's, I mean, that's the whole problem is that too many people go to the hospital then people who need it don't have what they need available to them. Obviously, if you want a ventilator, which is where a machine does the breathing for you, that's a reason to go to the hospital or if you're having really trouble breathing. But other than that, I would treat it like a common flu. Stay home and take better care of yourself and not subject yourself to potentially more pathogens uh, or a less healthy setting in a, in a hospital.
2: Do you think one of the, uh, the leading contributors to there being like uh, so much misinformation out there, um, you know, that it has to do with some of the countries the information came from? I mean, you were mentioning some kind of controversial thoughts about uh, Italy and, um, you know, why maybe s- uh, certain countries are, are not sharing all the information.
3: Yeah. And, and the problem with media in general and humans and our short attention span is that we want just like a quick answer. And and none of this is just quick, simple information. We're looking at statistics and extrapolating it. And the problem is, if you don't understand the context of all these statistics, like, for example, just one simple example is like every day, oh, there's 1500 more Corona cases. Well, there was probably a lot more than that earlier. You know, so nobody was testing for it. But see, they leave that very few people actually say that uh, and and pretty much every statistic that we're dealing with you could break down and and show how by just saying the statistic without giving context you're actually presenting misinformation and then people just repeat that information like telephone and every time it's said again it gets misinterpreted so in Italy for example um, and God, there's so many different stories you can hear from different people on different sides of the stories but in Italy for example I've got uh, I call them the Italian Mafia. they kind of are like mafia, and they 're here in Thailand, and uh, they 're very familiar with what 's going on in Italy. They still have businesses in Italy, friends in Italy. They are familiar with the culture in Italy. I mean, a big problem with Italy is the mafia it 's true. The downfall of Italy, because Italy is, a really, is in a really crappy place and has been in a really long for a really long time, which hurts me because I 'm Italian. I went there and I was really disappointed at how things were. Uh, is because the mafia is controlling everything. And, and just like with every country, every country has its own government corruption and, and mafia, you could call it. Um, there's a group of powerful people that control everything who put the profits above the health and quality of life and, and of, of the people. And that's exactly what happened in Italy. And you have in Italy I'll, – I'll give you just a brief – summary of what they're saying, they're saying in, in Italy, the way the mafia is making the most amount of money is by bringing in refugees from other countries. And then they're keeping the money from the refugees. The refugees come for free, the money actually goes to the mafia, which is actually a huge amount of money. He was telling me how much money it is. <laughs> I understand why it's like they would, they would bother doing this. Um, and then the problem is, though, th- then you have like this older aging population who's actually costing country money, the country slash government slash mafia. It's all very intertwined. And uh, there's a lot of people over there who are um, benefiting from and encouraging and not doing anything to stop the older population from dying. And the older population is already dying in numbers like this. Just nobody was ever paying attention to it um, because most of the country is an aging population. It's an older Older country. There's not very many childbirths. There's less than, it, it, there's so, so few Italians being born because they can't afford to have children over there. They're practicing contraception to because it economically isn't feasible. And all the people there are new refugees coming in at the hands of the mafia.
1: So. And- Yeah, like, and then another thing too is like Italy, uh, as far as their older population is concerned, a lot of people smoke. Like, it's there's an insane amount of people, and smoking is just a cultural thing there. So, when you look at those higher percentage of deaths that are happening there, that's a big factor too, along with a lot of the deaths in China, because a a lot of like adult males smoke in China. It's a big cultural thing.
3: Yeah, so the smoking is one of the biggest causes of, of, uh, so this disease this coronavirus shouldn't kill a healthy person but if someone smokes or they're obese or they have diabetes or they uh, have heart conditions um which the older you get the more likely you are to have all of these things also then the more likely it is to result in death
2: what about SARMs or what about uh any peptides like would any of these things um factor in to be able to assist or help you think
3: I actually I use melanotan to, to get tan, and I just started using it again recently, and, and it's made a huge difference in the lighting. <laughs> yeah. uh, then I was just reading something about how melanotan – because there's melanotan actually has a lot of health benefits. It's also very toxic if you overdose on it. Then I was reading something actually Dave Asprey wrote saying melanotan could help with the coronavirus. So that was interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I was already taking it before I heard him say – to consider taking that
2: interesting any other peptides that would maybe potentially do anything that make any sense to like fight off a virus or does not really work that way
3: as far as peptides you know peptides is a small class of compounds of of proteins that act like hormones in the body um i'll just say for my protocol it doesn't involve any peptides besides melanotan um, but TB500 is a, a healing peptide that promotes vascular circulation. You know, if, if I, I could hypothesize that it, or I could speculate that if, uh, if that's going to help increase uh, blood flow and vasculation and healing and you combine that with something that's anti-inflammatory for specifically the type of inflammation that corona causes, then that could be really synergistic. Other than that, uh, growth hormone boosts immune system um but on the peptide level no that's that's all that comes to mind
0: um here in oh, the this-
3: but I'll, I will say I will say there are thousands of peptides out there we haven't even identified all of them <clears throat> and i'm sure that a peptide does exist that would greatly help in this situation. I just got more of one and, and it hasn't been researched and that's, you know, further research is needed and someday there will be, I'm sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, here in the States that they keep telling us that there's not enough tests to go around. Um, when I seen you travel, I, I seemed like you were getting like almost like a scanner done. It was that an actual test or what the heck was that?
3: Okay. So first of all, there's plenty of tests to go around, but the way the there's plenty of, Uh, Everything necessary, like everything that U.S. says there's a shortage of, there is more than enough of all of this stuff. The problem is uh, there's such a monopoly in the way that medical systems uh, evolved is to profit certain companies and certain people. So as much as I would love to acquire uh, 300,000 Corona tests and distribute them to people, that would be illegal for me to do as much as I would love to give chloroquine uh, or ventilators to people that would be illegal for me to do, which is absolutely ridiculous. And I think part of the problems with Western healthcare is that it's all domicile. We call it big pharma, but it's not just pharma. It's, there's also medical supply companies and manufacturers and, and all these companies that, um, that are trying to keep a monopoly on it so that they can keep the profit, you know, a thousand times markup, because if there wasn't a monopoly, they couldn't, up charge things a thousand times they could only three times so they're trying to protect that profit and at, at the cost of human lives and quality of life and the economy and I just can't believe nobody talks does, people don't talk about that anymore like you hear the doctors and the, and the things say, we don't have enough of this we don't have enough of that well there's plenty of all this stuff why why can't we just get it and give it to them oh because we're going to go to jail because the government acts like the enforcer for the benefit of these big company profits Okay, I'm going to go on tangents sometimes. This really frustrates me. Oh, it's great. Testing (laughs) kits. Oh, okay. The the guns that they're using in Thailand, those are just temperature guns. So anytime you go into a public place where there's going to be more than like 30 people, they always have someone at the door with a temperature gun to see if you have a fever, Uh, which is, that's great. That doesn't mean it's going to catch everybody with Corona because some people may have a mild fever that doesn't show up. Uh, you don't even get a fever until the incubation period's over, so there's a period of time someone's carrying the the virus and, and contagious before it even uh, manifests itself as a fever. Uh, but it's better than nothing. I mean, every once in a while they do find someone with a fever and say, "Hey, you should probably go get tested and then stay home." So it's 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 better than nothing. But the reason they do it here is the same reason why this is absolutely hilarious i just have to say it because it's so ridiculous but you go to these foreign countries and they 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 look for like bombs under your car with a mirror but they don't even look at the mirror they just like throw the mirror around under the car so that people think they're doing something it's the same (laughs) kind of thing oh let's oh man okay they're okay everybody could be safe and and be be calm and it actually works so people like oh i got scanned i'm okay, everything's fine. Like, oh, I can relax (laughs) now.
1: It's more for the psychology than anything else. Yeah. On your note about actually the, the, the temperature thing and the symptoms, what's kind of crazy is uh, I got a client in New York. He has it. So he has a lot of coughing. He had a little bit of a fever yesterday. He's now getting better. His sister got it from him. No symptoms. She's walking around like nothing happened. His dad got it. And he's going to tell me like what, what's going on with his dad, but they both like brother and sister, she has no symptoms, he has symptoms. So it's kind of wild how that how that works. But one thing I did want to ask you too is, um, I don't know how long you've been in Thailand. Actually, when Andrew said that, I had no idea that you moved. I thought you were still here in the U.S. Now, with all the stuff you're talking about our, uh, with our healthcare system, et cetera, what spurred you to move down there? Okay, and then also, like, I mean, why were you not worried at all when you did move?
3: Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll do okay. the second part first, why I wasn't worried when I moved. So I, I wasn't worried for myself because I know that I can uh, I can defeat the flu virus very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured, okay, even if this is a little worse than the flu virus, this will be a fun challenge. I'll see how fast I can destroy the coronavirus and become immune to it and never have to worry about this stupid thing, yeah. right? Uh, which is still kind of my approach. And And a lot of my intelligent friends were like, Jesus Christ! Let's just get it and get it over with, right? right. Build an immunity to it. If we're healthy. We're going to be able to knock it out really quickly. And with all the supplements, we can accelerate the process. Actually, the best thing to do would be to prepare for it. Be like, all right, I want to spend the next two weeks building my immune system, getting my vitamin D levels up, getting all my supplements ready. You know, getting healthy, get, and then uh, and then catch it, and then quarantine, and then come out fine. Um I was worried. I was worried for my daughters. Because I came over with, and I have weak lungs, and uh, she also has weak lungs. So I think it's not just what I was subjected to when I was younger. Uh, I think it's also genetic. So I was worried that if she caught it, it would put her in the hospital. And if I caught it, maybe and it would turn into pneumonia, I could be hospitalized too. Um so I, I thought, you know what? I'll just be really careful with her. I'll put a mask on her. I'll put gloves on her. So there's video of of me in the airport. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm the only one in the airport not wearing a mask. At that time, everyone was freaking out about it, and I'm and, and I'm not wearing a mask, and uh, she's wearing a mask, but she's pulling down the mask to scratch her nose all the time, and she's like put her finger in her mouth and like. I tried to explain to her so many times, like don't touch the face, don't touch your hands. You can't. A five-year-old just can't get that across their head. They're still young enough; they want to like put stuff in their mouth and touch the face. So I was nervous about that. But then after that, it came out that really no kids are really being affected by it. So then I, I wasn't I wasn't worried anymore. Okay, so why I moved to Thailand? Um, freedom, quality of life. Mark's laughing because I think maybe maybe think of lady boys, <laughs> women, uh, steroids. <laughs> There's all of the, all of the above, really. <laughs> I just love here. Um, it, I mean, like I've. Oh, I won't say that. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what?
0: <laughs> Go back. Rewind. You won't say what? Oh
3: man. Okay. Uh, just like you know, like I've got this Thai girl in the kitchen right now. She's just cooking and cleaning and massaging me all day and just worshiping me. I mean, it's just like, I couldn't, I couldn't even pay a girl unless you a girl, like really loves doing this all day, every day, just worshiping me. Uh, you couldn't even pay a girl enough money to do that. And then it's hey,
2: called the <laughs> yeah, a wife, buddy.
3: Yeah. what I see, I've had really bad experiences. with, <laughs> So I know, I, I know there, there are good ones. I just didn't find many of them. Um, <laughs> So then like in this very open-minded sexually here. So last night, you know, I go with her. I'm like, Hey, you want a girl tonight? Yeah, sure. Let's go get a girl. We just hop on a scooter and went, just picked up a girl walking around on the street and brought her back here and, and I had a blast and, it, and it's like no stress, no judgment. Uh, and, and I like the no judgment too, because I'm a little bit of a weird guy. Uh, I mean, I can fit in, you know, I, I was the lawyer. I was a conservative guy. I wore the suit. I had to play that game. But uh, I wasn't really being myself. Now I can just be myself and do whatever I want and be respected for it instead of criticized for it over
0: here. <laughs> how do you wh- Man, this is hard to ask without sounding like I'm trying to like, you know, learn something for like personal experience or experiments, but like how are you staying like safe while doing this?
3: <laughs> like sex st- safe, like STDs or like Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just had a conversation with Italian mafia guy tonight. You know, he's probably slept with uh, 3,000 women. (laughs) is Normal, which is normal over here. Because, you know, you have a different woman every night. That's 365 women a year. Multiply that by 10 years. So, uh, and, you know, it's surprising how, how few STDs some of these guys get. You know, I. that's what I was shocked, too. Like, I come to Thailand, I'm with prostitutes uh, sometimes. Well, they're basically all prostitutes. <laughs> I mean, it's because we <laughs> be all prostitutes, but here it's it's not looked down upon. Okay. So I, I wish I could use a different word than prostitute, but it's just um, <laughs> like being a massage. You know, it's, and it's looked at the same way here. Uh, so, you know, it's shocking how few diseases they do get diseases. I mean, they do keep a um, uh, a Max, Z packs in their drawers because chlamydia is very contagious. Um, but then they just pop the antibiotics every time they get it. Um, a lot of the other STs are a lot less contagious um, than people think. Uh, but it's really the anal sex that, that gets the diseases because. The anus, and then it's that problem. The lady boys, you know, if the lady boys inside another man, then that's like a very high risk thing to do. So that may result in uh, a, a problem, but the other stuff not not as much as you would think.
0: Just stay away. It looks from like we're going to
2: have to cut back, boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's such a bummer. Why?
2: Why is why <laughs> is why is, why is Thailand like that? Why is Thailand so so free? Like, um, is is Thailand its own? thing and it's just there's no rules or what's the deal with that
3: i was trying to figure that out too like it's it's a buddhist culture and and really like when i when i talk to girls about their philosophy on everything and why they're so accepting um and the culture so accepting it kind of always comes back to buddhism you know like like uh come here come here come here come here I'll just have her. This is funny because like her English is hard to understand. Yeah. Just just come here real quick. I just want you to explain because it's better to hear it's hearsay if I say it. Uh, why? Why? Like because this is interesting. She she understands, and the Thai women here understand that men have a desire to be with multiple women, and they don't want a man to do anything that is outside of his nature. They want to do what 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 comes natural. what feels good. They want him to be happy, right? Happy like my happiness is your number one priority. So whatever makes me happy is what you want. But why are you okay with like your your ex husband, your baby daddy, and all that? They can just go off to be with another girl. Why is that okay? No, sometimes he gets, he not say me. Talk loud. He not polite. He not say anything. What he? Oh, he not open the what he do. Oh, he's lying. He's dishonest. Okay, he this is the thing. Is so her ex husband was dishonest. He lied to go sleep with another girl, and she's saying. That's the one thing you don't want to do is lie. If you're honest about it, you can do whatever you want, right? And it's kind—it's kind of like that in America. So, but but it's not a big deal. Like when a man cheats and goes with another girl, it's like if they're if they're honest about it and open, it seems like okay in Thailand, like natural. Moment. No, I don't know the sum, but for me, I just talk to me when you do something. If people stay together, much too poor life. But but women do it too. Women are quite promiscuous here, also. Hmm. It's kind of just understood.
2: Interesting. And is Thailand just have its own? Like, is it uh, a democracy, or like what you know? Like, or is it just there's just no (laughs) there's no limitations on anything?
3: It's like a it's like a dictatorship, a military government. The king of Thailand controls the military. The military controls the government. There's always a silent civil war between people that want a democracy versus the people that want basically a, a, a dictatorship. And there's benefits and drawbacks to both. I mean, the benefits of a, a dictator – it's not a dictatorship, but, right. but that's what we relate it to. The, be- the benefit of a dictatorship is they can do things very quickly. You know, if the king wants something done, he can call the military, boom, and what would take America years to do, they can do it in a couple days you know, there's no bureaucracy, uh, but the drawback is that sometimes the, the government might do something that the people really don't want done, you know, like very few people. Let's,
2: uh, let's shift gears here for a second, and let's get down to the real conversation is, have you or have you not seen Tiger King?
3: <laughs> ah, the movie? No. I, I, I just saw the Netflix, like, preview of it. That's it.
2: I think I think this guy might be your hero. If you, <laughs> if you saw it, you'd be like, "Hey, like this guy's cool. Like I need to have a show like this guy."
3: Okay, I'll watch it then at your recommendation.
2: Yeah, I think I think uh, I think you would enjoy it because he definitely is a guy that would probably like to live without judgment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, and chemist. You know, chemistry is what I'm known for, right? And I'm, I'm very open about the steroids and performance enhancing drugs, nootropics. And that's also something that's widely accepted here, too. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And, How are you? Oh, go ahead, go dude. Ahead. Okay, fine. Um, so, I mean, even here in the States, though, you 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 had, you know, multiple girlfriends and whatnot. So, is it just the, like, are you just finding them or are literally all the women in Thailand like that?
3: All the women in Thailand are, polit- like, allow you to be with multiple women? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in a unique city in Thailand. This is Pattaya. Now, my my actual condo that I got is in Bangkok, which is like a big city, like New York or Los Angeles, but even bigger. Uh, and and things are a little bit more conservative there. And you have red light districts and all that. People are still promiscuous, but it's a little bit uh, more conservative, a little bit more stressful. Down in Pattaya, this is like the red light district city of the world. Um, so pretty much the whole culture here revolves around being sexually open and available. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's, this, this city was basically built for me. I I feel like I made billions of dollars in the future and I traveled back in time and created the city for myself to enjoy at this younger age. <laughs>
1: I'm curious too, man, like, you know, you, you just up and moved to Thailand. Like I'm, I'm guessing that you, before this, you were just here in the U.S. Yeah, you traveled around, but you were living mainly in the U.S. Now yourself, your kid, your wife, you're in Thailand. Is that like where, I mean, you might come back and forth, but is that where you plan on? That's your home base. Your business is going to be come, like from there. Everything's going to be in Thailand. And like, how are you going to adjust all of that? Or how are you? Yeah, this is home
3: base. Um, but I traveled the world for about four years, uh, you know, and all around and around and around. And so I, part of the reason I did that is I wanted to see where I would want to spend most of my time in the future, where I'd want to be headquartered. And then uh, also it was for to interview people and learn from the underground chemists around the world and network people around the world. Uh, but Thailand is where I found the most resources of what I wanted, like the, the, the least, least uh, the, the lowest cost for the highest quality of life and most access to things and most amount of freedom. Is, is what I found in in Thailand. So uh, after I had gone to, I went to Thailand first when I was 30 years old. I'm now 37 years old. Mm. And after I came the first time, it was like, oh my God, I didn't know a place like this existed. Uh, I need to figure out a way to spend more time here. And it was not that long after that, I started winding down my law office and eventually sold my law office. And the whole the, my whole plan was eventually to get, I just took a lot longer to get here because like with the enhanced athlete thing and everything else in between, uh, there was a lot of things that required me to be in other places and be in the United States, but it was sort of my plan for the last seven years to to be here. Now transitioning here, there's a lot of things that were a lot harder than I thought. When you come to somewhere on a vacation, things are, it's a big difference from when you actually live somewhere. Like getting a visa, for example. You know, When you come on vacation as an American, you're exempt from any a visa. You get 30 days in the country as a tourist. And you go to the airport and you get a tourist SIM card. And this is set up for you as a tourist. Like really streamlined for a tourist. But as soon as you get outside that 30 days, all of a sudden you're no longer a normal tourist. And you're also not a citizen. So now you're stuck in limbo. You, you lose some of the benefits of being a tourist and you don't have some of the benefits of being an actual citizen. So like getting things like SIM cards for your cell phone or, um, you know, getting a bank account over here or just anything to operate normally ends up being uh, very difficult and you have to start figuring out how to navigate it. There's a lot of services out there though, that teach people how to do it. Uh, the way I do it is I actually have a huge fan base in Thailand uh, partly because early on in the Enhanced Athlete days, I started going to the Muscle Factory Gym, which is one of my favorite gyms in the world. It's one of the reasons why I also chose Bangkok, actually, uh, because that's where Muscle Factory Gym is. And uh, it's, a, it's, like, it's like an Oxygen Gym style gym because it's, it's got all the most hardcore equipment. It's very large. You can take your shirt off and, t- and pose, take pictures, whatever. Only it's got a lot of really hot women also, which Oxygen Gym in Kuwait has none because women aren't allowed in the gym. Uh, and it's got it's got the food and the you know the steroids and everything is very open, and so I figured I could make this a great home base to do epic transformations where we could be really on- honest about the chemistry that we do. And uh, there's already some mass monsters that train in the gym, uh, and a lot of underground guys that you've never seen on videos that I can sort of discover sort of bring into the light and and explain how they got to be so huge and what they do, because a lot of the things that they do over here are very different than we do in America. So we can all learn from that. So I wanted to publish that information and I still will once the gym's reopened, which could be a while. Yeah. So, so navigating the system here has been uh, it's been harder than I thought. Um, But there's also a lot more benefits than I thought too. Like when you get away from being a tourist and you start learning how to, how to really, like, I thought it was cheap. I thought I could live in Thailand a really high-quality life for $5,000 a month that would be like living in the U.S. for, like, $18,000 a month. Now I'm realizing that you can live a pretty good quality life for $2,300 a month in Thailand. Like, like even less than I – like, things are even cheaper than I thought. And that, and that, to me, is, like, a really good quality life.
2: Um, I think that what makes you uh, unique, there's a couple of things, obviously, but like one thing that makes you unique over a lot of other people that I know is you're one of the few that actually exercise your financial freedom like you. You were a lawyer early on. You started a supplement company. You seem to be very savvy when it comes to making money. Making money doesn't seem like uh, like it's something that you need to continue to work on figuring out. seems like you always have done well with it for, for many years. But you're one of the few people, like most people, when they, uh, they start to make money, they figure out how to make more, how to expand. And then they get kind of uh, very tunnel vision. That becomes their main interest. And it, it seems like for you, I mean, you're doing a lot of experiments that are not related to making money. Like you decided, I just, just want to see if I can make my delts huge or uh, I'm going to inject these weird peptides and see what happens. I'm going to take these weird SARMs and I'm going to inject these SARMs for the next 30 days. Um, has that been something like has that been a goal of yours when you were young where you're like because I remember you talking about these tapes that you would listen to with your dad these kind of like self-help tapes that you would listen to did you have that in your mind you were like I need to figure out a way to have some wealth and then I can kind of do whatever the f I want from there
3: yeah my dad taught me at a young age about building assets and and you know he he basically said that his definition of success was that all of your assets were making more than enough money to support your life, and that way you're doing what you love on top of that, and that's the icing on the cake. So that technically you don't have to work at all, but you work because you love working, and that's what he did. Uh, he was really successful in real estate uh, development and, and uh, buying properties and renting them and uh, investments. Uh, so I, I thought. I thought I was grew up doing real estate. I, I thought I was going to be in real estate my whole life. So um, I started buying real estate properties when I was uh, 19 years old. And the goal is to buy one property every year until 30 and then retire and just do what I love. Um, but then a, a whole bunch of things took me another direction. I ended up going to law school because it was my dad's dying wish. So on his deathbed, I promised I would go to law school. So I did. Um, and that was also not to become a lawyer. That was to become, for the family real estate business, a a more valuable resource and to be able to make better decisions with with real estate investments. So fast forward, I become a lawyer. I decide to practice law. Uh, It becomes more fun than I thought, more of a challenge, more of a puzzle, really stimulating intellectually. And then I had this pivotal conversation that really changed my life with my stepfather. See, my father's side of the family was – very conservative, hardcore business. Um, and then my stepdad, even though he was very successful, a, a very well-known water treatment engineer uh, and architect. Uh, and, and my mom was as a housewife and, and they, they have sort of an Italian style about family and food and fun and, and just uh, not so much about making as much money as possible. <clears throat> like my dad's side was so, I had a conversation where I said, oh my God, dad, to my stepdad, I can't believe how much money I'm making as a lawyer. So I'm making, I'm going to make 250,000 this year. I can make 500,000 this year. But if I, but to do that, I have to work 18 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and, and I had this conversation. I'm like, should I, should I do it? Actually, it wasn't, should I do it? It was kind of like, I'm going to do it. And I was just letting him know. And he said, No, he told me to go the other direction. He said, no. He's like, drop back, work out, work, work three hours a day, make $70,000 a year. The law of diminishing returns, uh, your happiness is going to go down and your stress is going to go up and you're just going to pay a whole bunch more taxes. And that's what it really, that's what actually convinced me was the taxes. Because um, it's not like, as a lawyer, it's not like I could hide the expense. It's not like, um, I would use that money to reinvest and grow the business. There's certain type of businesses where, yeah, you make more money, you can get away with, it, with the taxes. But for me, uh, I would have had to pay 50% tax on 500,000. So you know, I'm going to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars in taxes, and I'm working my ass off to do that and killing myself. And then later, I'm going to have to reinvest that money back into rehabilitating my health. That's the conversation that made me decide to also that plus going to Asia is what made me decide to go the other direction and say, how do I, how do I do this smarter? How do I not worry so much about making so much more money and, and live more life? And I did. When I traveled the world with uh, doing the enhanced athlete stuff, you know, that was, I lived multiple lifetimes in just a few years. I mean, imagine that every five days I was in a different city, different hotel throwing myself just in the middle of, I mean, we're not talking tourist stuff. I didn't do the tourist thing. I was throwing myself in the middle of underground stuff, all over the world, dangerous situations, uh, learning very quickly and having a lot of experiences. And I got addicted to that. And and money actually doesn't buy any of that. What bought that was actually the fame from enhanced athlete, Like the fans that, that trusted me because of the videos and brought me into these underground circles around the world, money can't buy that. And so then I realized even money was even less important than I thought. And I thought, oh, my God, all these experiences I've had weren't about the money they were about trust they were about people they were about connections they were about putting myself into situations that were uncomfortable and so yeah ever since ever since those two major things happened i could i don't care how much money is in a bank account or how much assets i have i want to make sure i have enough what i worry about is things like corona or things like in the future that i know we're going to come up where um where your health can be bought where there are or ways to pay for your health or live a longer, healthier life. I want to have money set aside for that. Other than that, I don't care. I mean, this condo, for example, and then once I learned what you can get for a smaller amount of money, this condo is a penthouse condo uh, right by the ocean. That's the ocean right there. Uh, Walking distance to everything I could ever want within a few blocks. And this condo cost me $20 a night. That's $600 a month
2: how much does
3: it cost $19 <laughs> a night I mean it's Damn. a little cheaper right now because of tourism being way down but still you can you can find a lot of stuff in this town for that cheap
0: so now um well I guess two questions one how is the money gonna s- still keep rolling in and then two like what's the motivating factor now like you you had the money well I mean you still have the money but you did that where money was the driving force um i I don't know if you're tired of you know the multiple women and then traveling and all that, but I mean, yeah, is that still the motivating factor for you too
3: is is the money is is which of the money motivating factor
0: uh, money or the uh, the um, experiences
3: um, okay, so for money, the whole enhanced athlete thing the lawsuits, the government uh, employee embezzlement. Uh, just a lot of bad things that happened, put me in a, a financial, put me in a, a worse financial position than I would hope for. So I do want to regain my, I, I want to get some money back to where I have a, a bigger cushion. Um, Cause a lot of the, a lot of places I put money. I mean, when, when baby mama got pregnant, she did it to trap me and uh, you know th- the way she traps me is by threatening, attacking my finances. And remember, we're together. You know, I'm trying to help her survive corona, hoping she doesn't die. Well, okay, having her die wouldn't be the worst thing. Having her have permanent lung damage that I have to pay for for the rest of my life would be <laughs> cool. But that's probably not going to happen. So let's just hope she, let's just hope she uh, stays healthy, doesn't have permanent lung damage. So I. I I tried to transition my assets into more of long-term plays that are kind of untouchable and also influence and favors. So like I have a lot of favors I can call. I have a lot of people that I've networked. So if I need to make money, it's not like I have a bank account with millions of dollars in it. I can make phone calls and I can, I can drum up money very quickly. Um, But even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't like that, Uh, it's really easy to make money. There's just so much opportunity. I I guess one of my talents is to be able to see the opportunities. Actually, there's two parts, though. It It doesn't do any good to see the opportunity. You have to be willing to work hard enough. And I'm kind of insane when it comes to work. So uh, I, I don't have any worry about not being able to make enough money, especially now that the cost of living is so much cheaper. Like every day I see like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. Heck, one of my friends here does webcam. He masturbates on camera, and he makes like nine thousand dollars a month. Masturbating on camera. He's a really good-looking guy, though. <laughs> Very fit, you know. He's like I think what girls like to see, or guys like to see. Actually, I think it's mostly gay guys.
0: Uh, better or but worse? Imagine. Better or worse than Ensema?
3: Ensema a good-looking guy. I think he could make nine k also.
1: go, <laughs> buddy. Chill. Y'all need to chill. All y'all, <laughs> everyone, just stop. Just stop. Don't even,
3: Wow. So there's so much opportunity. I just don't worry about money. If I need to make money, boom, I just, I can, tomorrow I can make a bunch of money.
2: When it comes to uh, enhanced athlete or when it comes to uh, real estate, do you still have those things? Um, You know, you mentioned you kind of went through some trouble with enhanced athlete. Do you have enough control over that now to where you can get that back into the, into making money and into the green?
3: Yeah, so Enhanced Labs has a whole new supplement line, and it's really awesome. Uh, I'll show you some of the products. Sweetie, can you grab some of those? Oh, my God, she can't read. She's so short. She's, like, less than five feet tall. Uh, Well, there's a lot of really good-tasting products from Enhanced Labs that are really amazing, and they're actually selling really well. And if people knew how good they tasted and how effective they were more in the mainstream, they would sell even better. But, like, these... Anabolic IV, which is the the essential amino acids plus electrolytes plus all these performance supplements like a daily vitamin, all day shred, non stimulant fat burner that can be taken any time of day that tastes, tastes so delicious, and then sleep juice to take before bed that makes a huge difference in sleep Ooh. quality. What's in sleep juice? Uh, okay, it's a lot of ingredients. So the way I approached it is I went. I've got first and it's in a powder form, so it has to taste good, which is shocking that it ended up tasting.
2: I uh, like your website. Mm -hmm. You guys did a great job with your website. So anybody that's listening to this, uh, is it enhancedathlete.com? Is that the website? Um, Getenhanced.shop. There you go. Yeah, when I was checking it out, there's a lot of great information on all the different products that you have. Say that one out loud. No. What is Oh yeah. Black ox, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: clever. That, 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 that's clever. Yeah. yeah. So there's whatever, that one. And he actually just
3: launched the uh, home workout program and I'm surprised at how good it's, it's selling right now. People are buying a home workout program, uh, which is just me working out with exercise bands and a couple other coaches and talking about how supplementation would change um, when we're not able to go to the gym and how diet would change when we're not able to go to the gym, uh, intensity techniques to use with exercise bands. It's just simple stuff like that.
2: Yeah, that all-day shred. No gym, right? What are, you, what are you doing with no gym out there?
3: Well, we do have uh, uh, that the Italian mafia went and bought a bunch of gym equipment from a local gym and put it in his it's got a big house, so he put it in his house. and So I can go over there and lift. But then we end up we end up talking a lot, which is and Instagramming a lot, which is what I usually do at the gym, anyways. So I'm I probably get a better workout just with my exercise bands in the morning here in the condo.
0: Yeah, that all day shred stuff's really freaking good. I just got some. It it tastes amazing, and um, I actually did use it when I was cutting. So I'm trying to you know get back down to a little bit better body fat percentage. But you had said that it works better when fasting. Why is that? It's not that it works
3: better when fasting. It's just that most people say, oh, when you're fasting, you shouldn't take anything. You shouldn't take artificial sweeteners. Not that it's got a lot of artificial sweetener, but um, I believe that, okay, if the average just American individual is fasting for health and longevity purposes, sure, you don't really need to take anything. You probably should take minerals, um, like things like sodium, especially, uh, but if, if our goal is to preserve as much muscle as possible and mobilize as much fat as possible, well, that's what the all-day shred does. So your body's going to burn a certain amount of calories when you're fasting, and we prefer to burn as much of that as, from fat as possible than muscle. Well, taking supplements like all-day shred, especially all-day shred, is a really healthy way to do it, will help you mobilize more fat to burn for fuel.
1: Got it. Do you have anything else like in the works as far as because you make like crazy supplements? So do you have anything else in the works that is just going to be kind of crazy in your opinion?
3: Yeah, there's so many. I there's probably like a hundred. Um, and I think just sitting here thinking about because I'm I'm, I invent stuff a lot, Mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff nobody ever hears about or because I test prototypes for so long before I ever even talk about it publicly. But there's a lot of things that we're working on to try and get to absorb sublingually. Uh, we have a machine so that we can break down particles really small, which can en- enhance the absorption of, of pretty much anything. So things that used to not absorb uh, oral, even though you know, like a, a lot of supplement companies will say, oh, this, this supplement's amazing because it does this and that. But if you look at the studies, oh, they're injecting it in rats, And so, like, you're taking something oral that barely absorbs and relating it to something you inject straight into the bloodstream. So it's all about trying to enhance absorption. A lot of the herbs, well, I'll say, drugs can be very potent in very small amounts. Um, But usually with herbs, the percentage of active ingredient in an herb, and the reason why herbs matter is because in the U.S., you don't need FDA approval to sell an herb. The problem is, they're not very absorbable. So, if you can get um, those extracted and you can drop the particle size down, then you can start trans- uh, absorbing in the bloodstream. So, what I just described um, is a delivery method, and that is probably covers about 20 different things that I'm developing. And then the rest, some of them are injectable things, uh, topical things, uh, nasal spray things. Yeah, it's not so much that it's not so much that I come up with a new compound that nobody's ever heard of or invent a new molecule. It's more about uh, discovering a molecule that maybe not have as much attention as it should have. Uh, And maybe the reason why is because there was some limiting factor like absorption.
1: I'm also curious about this actually because I don't know if I'm really really late to the game here, but I've seen previews um, or clips of you on Generation Iron and like the enhance the enhanced athlete guys. Is that like something that happened a few months ago? Is that already been released? Like what 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 was the deal with that?
3: The Generation Iron, the movie or the interview? I think it was, like was the interview in the movie. I'm not sure. So Generation Iron interviews me sometimes on different topics. Um, it's so funny too because they. They want to paint me as being almost like the bad guy like oh. so controversial that I'm dangerous. So like, they will interview me about the coronavirus thing when I first came to Thailand. They're like they're, that they also said you were going to you're going to Thailand that's like closer to the epicenter of this virus you're going to get the virus and die. And I'm like no I, I I'm not a, I'm not afraid of it. I I can get in and I can cure it. And they're like oh my god that's good. We got to put a video up about that. Tony Hughes cures coronavirus. Right? Mm. <laughs> it's because it's dramatic, and then people think I'm crazy. Didn't um, they
2: shoot a documentary? They shot a documentary with you, right?
3: Yeah, so, so it, the, the, there was two movies, though. And then there's lots of interviews that have nothing to do with the movie or, or excerpts from the movie. Sweetie, can you turn the fan off, please? Rose, fan off, please. Um, the, the first movie was more of almost like a biography, bringing everybody up to date on who I am and why I do what I do with the chemistry about me being open with the chemistry about my self experimentation, uh, that movie per- performed much better than they ever expected because their previous movies all featured uh, a famous influencer, a star that already had a following that was already going to watch the movie. So they went out on a limb. They did the movie because so many people requested them to work with me and, and, and wow. collaborate. And uh, so they went on a limb and did it. And it performed, they made a lot of money off it and they invested very little money. So their profit that they actually made on my movie was greater than the profit that they made on almost all the other movies. So then they said, okay, we got to do a second movie. But the biggest issue is everybody says, oh, he's like a witch doctor. It's all this crazy stuff. It doesn't actually work. Uh, You know, steroids are the way they are, have been for 30 years and nothing's new and different. Uh, And so they said, okay, well, let's, let's prove it. Do the, do some transformations. So I had Kenny KO, Ryan Russo, this other guy, the girl, a girl, Molly, who looks like she's 16. That's why I chose her (laughs) because it would, you know, people would think that was absolutely crazy. So I wanted to go for that. And then Zeke, another guy who'd never lifted before and uh, a Kosh, a competitive amateur physique bodybuilder. And brought them to my house and trained them and injected them every day and saw how much muscle we could put on them in the shortest period of time possible. And our, our first, our, our estimate was, uh, or our goal was 20 pounds of muscle in 30 days. But the problem with that movie is it, it didn't show how successful it was. The results were actually far more successful than were represented. Because when they film hundreds of hours and they're picking which pieces to show, they picked more of the negative things like, oh, the one clip where he had a side effect or the clip where he's talking about like he's so tired or sore. He had a hard time getting out of bed or, you know, but but not the clip about like looking in the mirror like, oh, my God, I can't believe I've gained a year's worth of muscle in in just, uh, you know, 10 days uh, or how their strength went through the roof or Uh, you know, all these other benefits they got from, or the fact that afterwards they maintain the muscle. So it was actually a great success, but the movie didn't quite represent the success. Uh, so that's why you you see a lot of controversial kind of negative stuff about it. Uh, But there's also a lot of positive. There's a lot of bodybuilders that understand because they've also, let's say they've experimented with IGF one HGH and mega dosing insulin. You know, they've seen how fast the human body can change when the chemistry is right. So there's also a lot of people that understand that it, that it is uh, real. Oh, the other problem with the movie is it didn't say, like, oh, here's the compound and here's the dosage. And they had to be careful with, the, with what they put in the movie also because censorship is a real thing, even in movies. Like, like these movies are going on Netflix. And uh, right now they're on Amazon Prime and Vimeo and iTunes, things like that. But when they go on Netflix, like, it won't make it to Netflix, and it wouldn't have even made it to Amazon if they actually gave protocols and – in, in in any way looked like they were encouraging this dangerous behavior so they had to throw in like negativity around it to make sure it didn't get censored uh
0: is there anything new on the uh sarms front i haven't been keeping up with anything since armageddon but i don't know is there anything new because that last time we spoke you guys were really big on injectables um is there anything new come about
3: not really the the, the most of I think most of what we need to know about SARMs, we now know. I continue to experiment, but in the beginning, it was very exciting because everybody said SARMs don't do anything. They're a complete lie, a joke. They'll never replace steroids, and then I've unequivocally proven that SARMs are effective. Um, I've gotten a lot of bodybuilders to transition from steroids to SARMs, a lot of people to use SARMs. Who would never consider steroids, but now they're now they're oh, they're willing to use SARMs and they gain as much muscle as they would have on steroids, for example. And so I've I've done all that. Now the experimentation is just like fine tuning, like more figuring out what dosage, kind of stacking one SARM with another, um, uh, you know, how long you can run them before you plateau. But it's nothing's as exciting as as the early discoveries of the SARMs when I sort of brought them into the mainstream. I think that's what I, I think the two things I'm most known for is bringing SARMs into the mainstream and uh, DNP. And so like that was very exciting to go through that and, and to, to challenge what everybody thought about these things and take on those experiments. And now it's just fine tuning. So yes, the experiments always are continuing every day is a new experiment, experimenting on myself and anybody around me who's willing constantly and constantly learning
2: do you still utilize dnp
3: i'm on day two of dnp at 200 (coughs) milligrams. what is dnp 2,4 dinitrophenol it is a um it's a i guess an insecticide it's a a flammable powder they put it in dynamite it's an industrial chemical and uh, i say that also to be a little bit sensationalist because see people say that and they give that look like you got in your face right there. <laughs> they give you that look like, oh, this sounds like deadly and terrible. And it is deadly. People overdose and die on it. If you look up DMP, uh, it's all negative. And that's why I took it on. Because I, I understood the mechanism of action of DMP. I didn't just look at, oh, DMP's in dynamite. Oh, I don't want to take it because I'm going to blow up. Oh, DMP killed someone. I really looked into the science of how DMP works. And it's, it's absolutely brilliant. It's a miracle drug. And its applications are way beyond just fat loss. Uh, so, yeah, I started experimenting. Actually, what made me sort of famous uh, for being an underground researcher was I did the DNP diaries where I took DNP every day and I reported how it was affecting my body. It was just a vlog. And it was on my cheap iPhone and it was at home and it was like the first videos I did of, on like the Enhanced Athlete channel, for example. And uh, I don't. I haven't used it for a while. This is the first time I started using it again. But um, one of my fans sent me a research article about how DNP kills the flu. And that reminded me about it because I'm like, oh, that's right. That's one of the reasons I used to take it. If I used to get the flu, I used to take DNP to kill the flu. I was like, oh, now it I can raise flu.
2: your. it can also raise your body temperature through the roof, though, right?
3: Yeah, which is possibly one of the reasons why it's so effective at treating the flu and maybe even coronavirus is because – Coronavirus is uh, doesn't do well in hot temperatures. Another reason why maybe you know in Thailand it's not even a problem because it's very hot here. Um, so that that's possibly why it, it does. Actually, there's other reasons why it works, but that's possibly one of the reasons.
2: And then DMT uh, taking, makes you burn a lot of calories, right?
3: That's why I'm taking it because I uh, this this girl is just basically cooking all day and feeding me, and then I. Also, at night, I eat Snickers and M&Ms and all these candies because I binge eat at night. And I'm not exercising as much as I uh, would if I had a gym. So, like, I started gaining a lot of fat. So, I thought I could, I could fast. I could get up in the morning and jog. I could, you know, st- try to not eat the junk food. Or I could just take a couple pills and just liquefy all this fat really quickly in a matter of five days and and also protect protect myself from the coronavirus possibly
2: you get to eat your m&ms and just explode them with dynamite i like it i like the sounds of it sounds effective (laughs) to me
3: (laughs) yeah and at 200 milligrams you know the body temperature is not bad i i would that's why that's why i hesitate i'm usually in hot environments and uh, i hesitate to take it because i remember in the past so many times i took it like in mexico i remember I would take it a lot in Mexico because that's when I do my fat burning. Like, okay, I'm going to go to Mexico. I'm not going to be training. I'll just focus on fat loss. I'll blast DMP. And there's just sometimes I was so miserable, just drenched in sweat and just dehydrated and hot and don't even want to move because of the DMP. But that's because I was taking a higher dosage. Now, now I'm just taking 200 milligrams. I feel good on it. I feel just a little bit warm all day, and but it's not uncomfortable.
1: You know, I'm really curious, man. If you, all the the documentary stuff you said you did, and how they're trying to paint you as a villain, um, I, I wasn't on the episode you were last time, but like y- you're very open. All the times you're at ST, you're open about everything. You're you're chill about everything. You're, you 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 communicate it all you're you're not a villain right i may disagree with a lot of the drug stuff but like you put out information and it's useful information for people that utilize it. like it's very useful so i'm like why are they have you ever inquired on why they're trying to paint you this way because we were actually talking about this with documentaries yesterday how like the documentarian can make any individual look the way he or she wants them to look so why do they want you to look like that
3: i asked generation iron that and they said well it sells more movies like this, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah, bottom line, and I'm like, well, yeah, but but like we're missing a huge element here, which is that I'm actually one of the more credible people in this industry. You're not like really sh- giving me the credibility. We're just sort of kind of turning it into a circus and and, and drama. Um, they said they said, okay, okay, we understand that. We're going to do a, a a series, a YouTube series with you. Um, and we'll give you more editorial commands. We'll let you choose more of, of, of what goes in the series. And so, okay, great. So that's, that was a, um, we actually have the first couple episodes shot at muscle factory gym and they're awesome. Uh, but then since the gyms closed, that's all on hold. So I think you're going to see more of the positive side of it, more of the credibility, more of the transformations, more of the positive impact I've had on people's lives, uh, in the, youtube series that'll come out in the future
2: what are you a doctor in exactly
3: jurisprudence which is law which there you go which this is important um because just like as a lawyer i actually can't advise my clients how to hide money for example and and like you know tax strategies or or certain liability limiting strategies i would lose my law license Well, doctors are the same way. They actually can't tell you how to cure cancer. They can tell you what the pharmaceutical companies have allowed them to talk about through the desk reference guide. And if they deviate from that, then they lose their law license. And if anybody sues them for malpractice for anything, the fact that they deviated from the desk reference guide that was written by the pharmaceutical companies, they lose the lawsuit. They lose their insurance. Game over. Out of business. uh, Bankrupt. And all the doctors know this. And if you have, you must have, you have friends that are doctors, of course. If you talk to doctors who really know what's up, they'll admit to you basically they have to be a sellout. They have to choose between their career or, you know, helping humanity. And and they feel they they take the position, and everybody has to. And this I understand this is normal. They they take the position that they can help more people by just being very gently nudging than going out and respecting the entire medical
2: pause oh Oh,
3: (laughs) i can hear you you mark no yeah we're
2: we're good okay Okay. skipped around there for a second
3: (laughs) okay so the, the point of all that is i am not a medical doctor and that is a wonderful thing because i can actually speak openly about all this stuff limited only by censorship but i don't have any license that's at risk, and it's not going to affect my livelihood to be open and honest about all the discoveries that I make. And not not all the information that I present comes directly from me. I would love to give credit to, uh, let's say there's a doctor that I know that actually uses DNP to cure cancer underground for his friends, not for his patients. Uh, And he wishes the world knew that that was the case. Well, he can't present that, but I can. So I'm, I can, I'm kind of a conduit for people who can't speak about these things, who wishes the world knew about some of these things.
1: By the way, you mentioned curing cancer multiple times. I'm wondering, is that legit just like an example that you're giving? Or is there something that, that you guys have figured out in terms of extra prevention or getting through it? Is, is this just like what's going on there?
3: So cancer is just too general of a term. That's the problem. There's like, there's so many forms of cancer. Let's just say there's 32 main forms of cancer. Each one is very different. Mm. So some forms of cancer are very easy to cure. And some are, we don't, nobody has the technology to cure them. Um, But what most of them have in common is the immune system. The immune system's ability to identify the cancer, to, to kill the cancer, Uh, and ways to slow the growth of the cancer. Um, So cure is also a very strong word too. So, you know, technically, technically, no, there's not a cure for cancer. There's not a pill you take and cancer just disappears. There's just a lot of things. And it's the same uh, biophysics principle that I use when I talk about the anabolic matrix, where you have different growth pathways. And if you attack all growth pathways at once, you have synergy And you can grow muscle extremely fast. For example, combining a steroid with growth hormone, with insulin, with something that increases the inflammation, and and so on. Uh, And cancer is the same way. So if you look at all the different pathways amongst which our body can cancer, and you address each pathway, then I guess as a whole, you could kind of call that a cure.
2: Gotcha. Awesome, man. We we got a lot out of you today. You can go back to your uh, prostitutes and your food. And exploding your M&Ms with, uh, <laughs> with TNP. It's always awesome to have you on the show. And uh, can't wait to see you in person again at Super Training Gym. You know, hopefully uh, when this is all done with, we'll, we'll meet up again soon.
3: Yeah, I, I don't miss a ton of things about the United States, but I miss Costco, uh, Walmart, Amazon, and you guys at Super Training Gym. Appreciate that. Thank you so much,
2: Tony. Thanks for your time, buddy.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah see ya. <laughs> we'll see you. <ya. laughs> He's awesome. <I'm> so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy.
1: After you guys did that podcast with Tony, I was, I think I was on the podcast, but I wasn't able to be on that episode. I was just like, I want to be able to do an episode with Tony huge.
0: But, yeah. yeah that we, was dope. Yeah. We had you on when, um, uh we had uh trevor his buddy trevor on yeah yeah, yeah. but not yeah he wasn't he wasn't full-on tony on that episode so Mm -hmm. yeah no he's so interesting such a i mean yeah i know generation iron is is painting him as a villain but if anybody spends time with him they'll be like dude that guy's like he's so caring it's really
2: well if you if you look at uh you know like some of the people that we admire the most you know we think about like uh like Ron Penna comes to mind. Um, even like Michael Hearn, like Mike has to create a lot of content for Instagram and YouTube and stuff. So that might be the only thing he's like <clears throat> really on the hook for, but it does seem like he's really following his heart it feels, seems like he's following his interests. And then if you look at like Ron Penna, like Ron, you know, he created the first billion dollar supplement company basically, which is quest nutrition. And, uh, he's taken that financial freedom and he's doing like he wants to research cancer. Like that's what he wants to do. He just does what he wants to do. And if you look at Tony huge, he's kind of doing the same thing. He's following, you know, he's following his heart, following the things that he loves to do. And then even, even people that don't have financial freedom that do that before that do that well before they ever even have the resources to do it. Then it's even, then you're even, you even think it's kind of cooler, kind of the, the picture that they painted of uh, Kai Green back in the day, like they they were trying to show you that Kai Green was poor, but uh, Kai Green hasn't been poor for probably a few decades. I would imagine he's probably been doing pretty pretty well. But in the Generation Iron movie, they kind of paint him as the underdog. He's from you know the city, and they try to paint him as uh, he doesn't have the finances for it. But we all know people that are in like art, music, photography. They're doing their thing, and and they're putting that before everything but even a uh less stressful version of that is if you have your finances kind of taken care of then you can really truly you know just be free without the stress i guess
0: i like what he was saying about um, the conversation he had with his stepdad like no do the opposite be have have a much better life only making 70 you know 75 grand a year versus 500 grand a year um yeah that that just blew me away because when you look at his lifestyle and when I mean the guy lives in that penthouse for 600 bucks a month it makes a lot of sense when he actually not only talks about it but he followed through and did it it's huge
2: if you think about um hiring people or paying people um, you are um you, you're you're pay, you're paying for a little bit of like life you know like you you're you're paying you're paying them right and that sustains their life, which is super cool. But really, it sustains your life a lot stronger, you know. And, and you've also provided for somebody else, which is, which is really cool. And then it, it kind of, um, the fact that you could look at it as if you're paying, you know, multiple people that you're somehow paying back into this like economic system is a really kind of cool and powerful thing. So he, he said a lot. I mean, he's super smart. He's super intelligent, and he, he's definitely underrated. But I think it's just you know. Uh, People want to focus on the ladyboys and, and his uh, sexual desires and stuff, but everyone's got desires when it comes to that. But most people are not willing to share them. They're too shy. They don't want to. They don't want to say what they're into. They're, it's it's too awkward or too uncomfortable for them. And he he's willing to dump it all out out there on you. Yeah, <laughs> he's very
1: honest, but very honest. But like, it's it is really dope that everything he's doing. Like it's, it's things that he's totally interested in, you know, like, I think that's, that's a big thing here. You know, sometimes you have to do a job that you don't like to do, but it's always going to be of benefit to find that thing that you truly do really like doing, or you really like learning about and figure out a way to go in on it. And that's what, like, that's what you're doing. That's what Andrew's doing. That's what I'm trying to do too. Like that's, that's the goal.
2: Yeah. I think that's the key is like, everyone's trying to do it. You're trying to be mindful of it. Um, but there's a lot of traps, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, coming from here to Bodega. Um, I've come up here by myself a few times. I've detached myself from the phone and like social media. Um, I've done a, a couple different things like that. And then I find myself just giving myself an enormous amount of work. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why, why, why am I doing that? You know? And then I recognize, okay, well let's try to be reasonable with this and rational. Maybe you just like to do that. And so that's, but just let it happen. You know, my dad has kind of always told me, uh, you know, never be ashamed of like loving your work. You know, uh, basically, you know, if you have to come home late from work, you know, because you just love doing what you're doing, he's like, you know, be okay with it, but, also be rational and reasonable about it and then say like do i have to come home at seven can i come home at five of course you can you can make arrangements to andrew you and i had some great conversations about that hey let's figure out a way for you to wrap up your work at four so you can have more family time stuff like
0: that mm-hmm. yeah and i mean it's already made a huge impact and i know like the uh, the quarantine has you know impacted or been a another reason for, you know, spending more time at home and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I already feel like super like rejuvenized and, you know, energized and it just, yeah, it, it definitely made things better. Um, there are still times where, um, I will feel guilty, but then there's also other times where I'm like, I should be doing something right now. Like we're not growing this very second and I'm still fighting those demons like daily, but it's getting better,
1: you know? With some positive demons though I'll say that
0: yeah, definitely you know, but it, it still it brings stress that's not necessary, you know, but um, I'll, I'll get there.
2: <laughs> it's just like training though you can't grow <clears throat> can't grow without the recovery you know so as long as you can recover from it every day and as long as you can uh, you know get back to it, I think everything's good. How are you guys doing with uh, training i I did a uh, a pretty good like run walk yesterday. Um, and I, I had a heart rate monitor on just to kind of track and was able to keep my heart rate above like 145 for this 30 minute run walk thing that I did. And it was, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty tough. I've been keeping up on the 10 minute squats and I'm, <clears throat> I'm learning a lot about myself in that process and learning about, you know, what's super tight on me and what feels good. And sometimes like if I, for me, cause I'm not super mobile, if I hold onto something, found it to be a little more effective. um, Or if I have something under my heels, it feels a little bit uh, more comfortable. And so I'm just trying to learn some of that. But how has the exercise been for you guys?
0: Uh, It's it's been great. I've been hitting something every single day. Um, I did kind of implement like a cardio day where i just hit the treadmill it's essentially like a day off and then another day where i just say mm-hmm. screw it all like i'm just gonna get some sleep today and that has been really really beneficial um and seema encouraged me to add weight to my lunges at the end of my workouts to try to help help me get better at them. like it didn't make sense to me at first but then he was like no you need resistance like yeah you, you can keep going long distance but that's gonna take forever to get good at them and i'm like okay, okay. <laughs> all right that makes a lot of sense so so, uh, like, the past two two sessions, I, I implemented um, just holding 15-pound dumbbells as I lunge, and I did some box squats, and in so it was like a superset. I would just go squat, uh, hit three box squats, and then I would lunge down the turf, and dude, I... I'm still sore and this was, I think Monday or Tuesday and man, it it crushed me. Like I felt it this morning when I was doing my lunges because I was still extremely sore from it. Um, so it's been going really well. Uh, you know, just kind of keeping what I do now is I keep my, my phone pretty far away from the bed. And so when the alarm goes off, I have no choice but to get up. So it's like, uh, it's been very, very helpful (laughs) to do that, to get my ass up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, um, what I've been doing is like the same, the same goal that I mentioned at the beginning of this year is just like to move better. So I've been getting more familiar with working with kettlebells, the Turkish get ups, windmills, interesting different things with kettlebells and quickly, actually really quickly. Yeah, there hasn't been as much jujitsu. So my shoulder's been given a rest, but also the stability from the kettlebells has been insanely, it's been helping out my shoulder so much. Um, And then my shoulder mobility. But then also, I was working on some handstand progressions today uh, because I'm trying to, in the next, I don't know, two months, I want to be able to do handstand walks. And the goal is, like, I've showed you Ido Portal, I've showed you his Instagram before. Oh, yeah. That crazy dude? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the basis of what he does is having like calisthenic strength, being able to like, you know, move, hold his balance with his hands, having like uh, control of his legs and all of that. And I want to be able to do things like that, because that's not only going to help me out a lot with jujitsu, but I feel like I can maintain my size, get good mobility and get good body control. Uh, I could be my body will just be very healthy joints, ligaments, all of
2: that. So... It's going well. Cool. Have you ever watched, uh, like, what is it? Primal Swolder. I think that's his name.
1: Yeah. I've been watching a lot of his stuff. I've been, I've been seeing how he handled, cause he's, he's, he's great at using kettlebells. So I've been looking at a lot of his form on a lot of the stuff that he does. And it's, uh, it, it's really, really cool. But kettlebells aren't, I don't think they're as hard as you'd think they were. Cause as when I was watching a lot of kettlebell stuff initially, I'm like, wow, that's, that looks like it's going to be rough on the shoulder. But you know, after a little bit, it, it you can get used to it pretty quickly.
2: It gives you what, like a kind of like a counterbalance, right? Like a goblet squat looks like it maybe it might be challenging, but actually holding the kettlebell like that kind of sinks your hips down a little. Like we were talking about the other day, just mm-hmm. having a little bit of weight can act as a great counterbalance, and then doing those overhead movements that you're doing and uh, the, the Turkish get-ups and stuff like that. It's just amazing what a huge challenge that is, and something I would advise for anyone that's doing some home workouts and having some home exercise, as you mentioned, adding resistance to the lunges is, is a great idea. So anything that you have that you can add resistance to is great, but also let's not forget that a great way to add resistance to workouts is to change the speed at which you do stuff. So doing stuff super, super fast things that lend itself to being done super fast. Um, such as like a burpee or such as like a mountain climber or such as like pushups or, um, battle ropes, um, any of that kind of stuff. It can get your heart rate to go right through the roof. And then if you're trying to do upper body, you know, more upper body stuff, I would advise you to still do lower body stuff in between. Cause again, you can keep that heart rate elevated and you also don't have to worry quite as much about your muscles being super sore. Um, something I learned from Charles Poliquin long ago was you kind of mix three exercises together. Let's say you were to do a bicep curl. Well, that's a bicep curl has like zero metabolic cost. It doesn't cost you much to do it in between the bicep curl. You might hit up like three burpees. And then once that's done, you might do like a tricep extension, but what a great way to keep your heart rate elevated to have a really good workout. And it shouldn't really, there's, it should not negatively impact, uh, the amount of weight you can use on your curls and the amount of weight you can use on your tricep pushdowns or your uh, extensions or whatever it is you're doing. So anyone doing stuff at home, if you can throw in a step up, a box squat, a body weight squat, um, some sort of just even lunges uh, in between doing uh, some lateral raises and some tricep work or some rows or just whatever you can implement and put in the middle. Um, you could even just, you even just walk with a medicine ball, you know, just walk 200 feet with a medicine ball back and forth and, and then go about your kind of like normal bodybuilding exercise. A great way to keep the heart rate up after 20, 30 minutes, you'll be like, holy shit, that was difficult
1: that's definitely something that people, when, when the gyms open back up and things get back to normal, I think that's definitely something that a lot of individuals, even if you do do bodybuilding or you're just trying to get a little bit bigger, should you should keep that included, like just the aspect of keeping moving um, because some like a lot of workouts just end up being very, very slow, very tedious. Just do a bicep curl, rest. Do another set of bicep curls, rest, you know? Um, but I feel like you can get those same results, but also improve like your body composition lose a little bit of body fat. If you keep moving, like you, you do a lot of that right now, even when you're in the gym, you're, you're moving between all, all of your sets. So I think that's I've a been really good thing to maintain.
2: Absolutely annihilated myself lately because I moved back into doing some more bodybuilding stuff and I haven't been this sore in, I haven't been this sore in, since I did the bodybuilding show. I mean, since I lifted with honey, I, I, I was like, whoops, <laughs> <laughs> jumped right back into that a little too fast, but, uh, now i'm just out here in bodega kind of licking my wounds lats are sore chest is sore i'm dying over here yeah. I feel good though i feel good all right peeps cool
0: <laughs> sorry about that
2: <laughs> andrew andrew um. fell asleep
1: wait let me ask you this real quick because it seems like you go to bodega you come back you, is bodega like your meditation spot your thinking place
2: like you just go there oh. think and you come out I just, uh, you know, the whole time I'm here, I'm just, uh, high on mushrooms and kratom, you know? Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's just, it's just different here, you know? So, um, there, the, I, I have a habit of like always wanting to go somewhere. I have a habit of like, uh. I don't normally work in the house. I drive to a coffee shop. I walk around. I like kind of like waste a lot of time. Um, Some of that I think has to do with uh, the people that are creative. A lot of times they are procrastinators. I think I sent you guys a video about it. Um, And procrastination is just not a, it's not a great thing, but it's something that I'm a master of. (laughs) And uh, I, I find that, it's easier for me to be creative. If I kind of like, quote unquote, like waste, waste a little bit of time or have other things to make noise or occupy my time. And so for me, you know, going to Phil's coffee or going to temple coffee, grabbing a coffee, going for a walk and then working, it kind of stimulates me and gets me sort of prepared for that. But when I'm here, there's like nowhere to go. You know, I'm, I'm stuck, I'm stuck with myself. And, uh, I think being and even though my family is here and stuff, I, I'm being stuck with yourself and because uh, ultimately that's that's all you got, right? You got yourself and you got your own thoughts, and that's what you got every day. And so, it's it's helpful to me to um, try to just sit still. I've even heard people go as far to say that all illness and all like negative things that happen to people are from a lack of being able to sit still. which Uh, might be which could could be the virus that's going around right now right (laughs) it could be the times that we're in right now right
1: yeah no that's exactly it think about it if you're Mm -hmm. just sitting still at home you ain't gonna get sick
2: (laughs) 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 and i think it's uh you know i think it's a little different than maybe just like not doing anything i think it's just kind of a a stillness and a calmness of the mind right Mm -hmm. more so than it is like not doing shit cause that ain't going to be very healthy either. Um, but yeah, it just, it gives me, gives me time to, um, kind of reflect on what I got, what I want to get, uh, things that I think that I need versus things that I, um, just think that I want, you know, there's a, a huge discrepancy between those. I don't need anything. You know, I, I, I have a healthy family, you know, I have great people around me. Um, I have a lot of love in my life. Like everything feels really good. So it, it gives me a chance to kind of slow everything down. And it gives me a chance to, to, to realize like, Hey, you know, you're kind of being a maniac, you know, like you just, just relax, dude. Like things are good. You know, it allows me to, to think. And then when I come back and I communicate with you guys, it allows me to um, be able to, I think it allows me to be able to communicate with you guys better and to be able to assist you guys. Cause it's just like, I kind of went through almost like a, a meditative practice, you know.
0: Yeah, makes sense. You you do you definitely come back a little bit more energized and kind of almost antsy to like like ah, I didn't do anything for well, not nothing, but you're like yeah, let's right, let, right. let's go, you know. And it's pretty it's fun, you know. It gets us all fired up too.
2: Definitely gets me excited to hit the gym because I don't have that kind of stuff here, and and you know they have say and strength out here, but. You know, at the moment that's closed, but, um, even when that's open, you know, there's nothing like home turf, you know, there's nothing like your own, your own gym, your own facility. So it kind of makes me itching for that. And that's why I've been trying to recommend to people, you know, make sure in your day to day that you're not doing, um, too much because if you're doing too much, then it kind of, uh, it might be hard to have it be repeatable, you know? So even with these home workouts and even with the things that you're trying to do, I, I like what you said you have a day where you just sleep like what a what a great who else who else logs that who else puts that in but like imagine if you saw sunday or saturday or whatever day it is and it just said sleep you're like ah oh, that's great i get to just sleep and sometimes you're going to feel like oh, i just i don't even want to do that, but I know that it's good for me, so I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah, before I would get so upset, like, oh, I can't believe I, I missed a day. Now that it's programmed, it's like, I actually didn't miss any days this week because that was the plan. So it's been really nice. <laughs> and that's going to that. keep
1: you from being injured. Like, you're, you're, you're going to have way more longevity doing it
2: that way, just slowing it down and not overworking yourself. Mm-hmm. So You're going to be golden. Yeah. I felt the uh, need to tell Thomas DeLauer yesterday. I, I, at some point I, I felt like I needed to say, Hey, you know what, bro? Like the Natty professor is 250 pounds and 5% body fat. Just so you're aware. You know what I mean? Cause it, you know, we he's preaching all this diet stuff and all this exercise stuff, I was like, he, he should, you know, he should have this knowledge <laughs> 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 that we have a real mutant on this show right here. <laughs> Thomas is super lean, though. Number one. I know.
1: And number he's in two, shape. I'm fangirling again because I got that Thomas DeLauer follow. He followed me on the gram. I feel I feel so happy.
2: <laughs> he's probably he's what, he, what he's probably doing. He's probably looking at your shit being like, why did that guy ask me questions? for?" You? <laughs> uh, yeah, what does that, that dude need to know? Yeah. Oh, man. All right, Andrew, take us on out of here, buddy.
0: Will do. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode. Uh, if you want to support the show, support those that support us. Uh, check out the uh, sponsor links, sponsor links in the YouTube description and uh, podcast show notes. Um, please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, where else? Uh, we're all over the damn place. Uh, me personally, I am at I am Andrew Z on Instagram in Seema, Where are you at? Now with and your follow with uh, Thomas, Thomas Lauer.
1: <laughs> and Seema Yang on Instagram and YouTube and Seema Yin Yang on TikTok and Twitter. Mark.
2: In the show notes, Andrew, can you please uh, put a link to where people can get some prostitutes from Thailand?
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be like a like a like a blo- not a blocked link, but like you're you're gonna have to like maneuver your way because if you go on just any U.S. laptop or something or cell phone, it, it's gonna be blocked. So you're gonna need a a VPN in order to access where you can obtain said uh, items.
2: <laughs> Man, that That's guy. Good. Tony Huge is, is, uh, amazing. I hope, I hope people found it, uh, you know, entertaining and informative because I think he brought a lot of great information. I I personally love, uh, when he, when we first had him on the show, he talked about personal development and he talked about these weird personal development tapes that his dad used to listen to in the car and how they seeped into his brain and how he learned a lot and, uh, was able to, you know, start businesses at a young age and stuff like like that. And it's, it's like, holy shit, man, like there's so many different sides to this guy. It's uh, it's absolutely, uh, absolutely incredible. Anyway, uh, I had a dream that we had Gary V and we had Bo Jackson um, on the podcast. So hopefully that means that that's coming. Uh, I've been kind of like aggressively just attacking people. Like I've been just sending out messages. I'm like, I know you ain't got shit to do motherfucker. Get on our <laughs> podcast. I know you ain't doing shit, Bo. You know, I, I'm, I've been like kind of yelling at people <clears throat> and uh, not getting any responses, but <laughs> 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 but that doesn't, that doesn't mean it's going to stop me. You know, I, I wish people uh, understood how much rejection I get in my life. It's not, you know, between being married and uh, you know trying to get people on this podcast, <laughs> get rejected quite a bit. But
0: oh, no. I'm gonna keep.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna keep trying. Goddamn it!
0: Sick. Yeah, please do. That would be sick to get both of them on.
2: Maybe getting like, both on the same time. You never know. Oh
0: man, maybe yeah. that. Maybe that's how you how you uh, seal the deal. You're like, hey, I got mm-hmm. Bo Jackson here, and then like, hey, I got Gary V. He wants to talk to you, I mean, but Gary's he like what? He'll only do it on our platform though. It's really <laughs> odd. <laughs> I feel like we could get Dennis Rodman.
2: Oh yeah, he has a lot would... of connections to China, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't he? Yeah.
1: And that MJ documentary is coming out. I'm super excited for that. But I feel like we could get Dennis
2: somehow.
0: Mm. We should get MJ yeah. then. Mm. Well, Dennis leads to MJ. So. Got it. Okay.
2: Yeah. So Michael Jordan has a documentary coming out.
1: Yeah. It's going to be on ESPN and Netflix. Dude, after this podcast, go watch the preview. It gave me chills. Cause it's apparently, um, it it goes, uh, around the year that they were getting their sixth, uh, their, their sixth Mm -hmm. championship. And it's like all this unseen footage and just all this crazy stuff. It's, it looks crazy.
0: Yeah, it, it was. Dude,
2: he's completely disappeared for so long, too. So I'm super interested to, to see it.
0: Yeah, it was scheduled to be released like in June. But I guess LeBron James was on someone's live stream or something. And he's like, man, they, they really got to release that like now. And so they, everyone's like, you you can all thank LeBron for this early release. So, yeah, it's coming out like April something. But yeah, it's coming out soon. <laughs>
2: dude i heard that mj used to like shoot hoops like in his like front yard like he would when he lived in chicago he would just be out there like just shooting hoops and then like kids would drive by and they would like freak out and then he would have them come and like shoot baskets with him in his front yard (laughs) that's
1: legendary That that, that's not
2: a kid yeah could you imagine like who who is that tall guy out there shooting some hoops like oh man he's oh, wow, he looks pretty, like, he's pretty, and then you get closer, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Who moved next door to me?
0: It, it's hard to just imagine Michael Jordan having a house that you could drive up to. Like, that doesn't make any sense sure. to me.
1: <laughs> but he probably has heck of places. No.
0: Oh, oh, no, we lost Mark. No. Come back. All
2: right, we're on freeze here.
0: Uh, almost, like, we can almost hear you now. Wait I'm for frozen. it. You're Elsa and Anna right now. You're frozen. There we go. There we go. Oh, there you go.
2: All right, everybody. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell on all platforms. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Catch you all later.
0: Power Project crew, thank you for checking out this episode with Tony Huge. Uh, Thank you, everybody, that's been rating and reviewing the podcast. Although I said it in the past, I cannot say it enough. This helps us out so much. So thank you, everybody, that's been taking the time out to do so. Right now, we want to give a huge shout-out to Hank underscore the Tank. I love that name. Uh, Hank says, Tremendous resource. Quote, Forget everything you think you know and dive in. This is the best show out there. Not just for meatheads. Highly recommend listening to the episodes with Ed Cohn, Stan Efforting, Jay Cutler, and Joel Green. Dude, Hank, thank you so much for that. And yeah, so those are actually some of our best episodes. Joel Green is probably the smartest dude we've ever talked to. Uh, well, him and Ron Penna. man. Daniel Arrego is hella smart too. Uh, and of course, Stan Efforting, that dude is gold every, single, every every time we have him on. Ed Cone, he's the GOAT obviously you can't miss out on that. And Jay Cutler is probably the best dude we've ever had on the podcast period. Like as far as like a person inside, outside of the podcast, inside, outside of the gym, he's just a great dude. So I totally agree with everything you just said. Thank you so much for that review, man. We sincerely appreciate it. If you listen in right now, if you would like to hear your name on air, please head over to iTunes right now, drop us a rating and a review, and you could hear your name on air, just like our homie, Hank the Tank. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.